This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com slash ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com slash ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal, but I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 880, brought to you by I fanboy listeners, just like you. Days are like a me, huh?
My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and this is my co-host, Josh Flanagan. Hi. And joining us this week in the third chair is Dr. Ryan Haupt. Hi. I'm trying to match Josh's energy. It's working. And welcome to iFanboy Pick of the Week, episode 880. I am hungover. So let's push through. <laughs> you used to say that, and it would be like, it's funny, and you'd be okay. And now you say it, it's like, oh, it's not. I can't. I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> right. I just want to go to sleep. Welcome to your 40s when hangovers last for more than one day. Every week, one of us picks the book they like the best from the stack of comics they read. And that's this week, that stack was tiny. We'll call that the pick of the week. We're going to talk about that book and other books from the week. The patron pick. The listener mail, if we have time. The patron powers. All of it. We do all of it here and more. And here's your spoiler warning. Exercise some caution. Ryan, you had the pick this week. If this was a video podcast, you would have seen my eyes go very wide because I just remembered the patron power exists. Yes. First time. Yes. First time I thought. It's always it. nice when you know you don't have to do it. Not that it's not fun. <laughs> it's, it means you got to think of it. Not you, as nice you got when lucky you though because you, you heard it. it now. I got lucky, huh? right? Yeah, but like it's when it's surprise. when they say your name right when you're supposed to, and that's when you recognize it. That's a good time. It's like when you get called out of high school because you haven't done yep. the reading, or you just weren't. You were just off. <laughs> just not paying attention. Yep. Oops. Anyway, Ryan. The pick of the week this week was Nightwing, number 104, story by Tom Taylor, art by Travis Moore, colors by Andreano Lucas, and letters by Wes Abbott. This is um, the finale of this story with Blockbuster's daughter, but really I think the the thing that made me interested based on the cliffhanger from last issue was um, Dick Grayson being given superpowers by um, Neron, the one of the lords of the underworld, and... One of the many devils. It's never entirely clear what exactly his superpowers are, but he's basically Kryptonian. He's he's a Superman level yeah. being. He's for it's like cosmic Spider Man kind of thing. Yeah, like he does all the stuff. Can, he can fly. He's got speed. He's got all that stuff. Before we get into new that, costume. is this new on the cover where there's the Batman logo? Is that a new thing? You tell me. Is that are they like branding the families? It's not a terrible idea. I didn't even notice that till right now. Yeah. But just curious. I didn't remember seeing that before. But it could have been there the whole time. And I just never noticed it. Anyway, Ryan, keep going. <laughs> um, so this issue, Nightwing kind of explores what it might be like to be a superhero rather than just a hero with with a complete suite of powers while also whoa, sort whoa, of resolving. He's super. He's super. He's a superhero. He doesn't have any super abilities. The, the powers don't make a superhero a superhero. I don't know he's if I agree costume. with that. He fights crime. He's a hero. <laughs> Yeah, but you, you don't you don't have to agree with it, but you and they right. also <laughs> sort of resolve the situation with Blockbuster's daughter, and she ends up joining the the Themyscarans with the um with the code name Nightbuster, sort of a combo of uh, her her dad and uh, Nightwing, and um, I thought I thought the resolution was fine, but also I think I was also just relieved to be done with that particular story arc and yes. um and getting back to. This has almost really become a Loki Titans book, which we've talked about a little bit, but um, it's interesting. It, you know, it's all, I think Dick Grayson works really well when juxtaposed against the larger DC uh, universe. And so to see him, you know, flying as fast as Wally can run and going up into space with Superman, like there were some nice character beats. There were some nice interpersonal moments um, juxtaposed with, you know, I, I don't think there was any ever any real dilemma as to whether or not Nightwing would accept these superpowers in in return for oh, no. uh, Blockbuster's yeah. daughter's soul. So like that, there, I felt no real sense of drama 
uh, there, but it was just a nice sort of wrap up issue to a couple different storylines that have been going. And um, I thought the costume redesign was a fun riff on Nightwing's costume. And I just, I don't know, I kind of enjoyed out of all the books I read this week, I just enjoyed watching Nightwing fly around the DC universe, hanging out with folks and seeing what it's like to have superpowers. Yeah. I, I haven't loved this whole arc and I'll be happy when the Titans, you know, move to their own book and it says they're in here to, to be continued to Titans number one. So I was, there's a little bit of scheduling delay here, but I love the Titans. I just, I liked the, the, the story and the characters and the, what we were doing within the Nightwing book before the Titans took over for the last couple of issues. So I'll be happy to switch that over to another book and go back to Dick and Barbara and all their friends. However, this was the best issue of the arc because of what you said, Ryan, it, it was seeing Dick get to explore life as basically Superman junior, yet another Superboy, And especially when they were together, because it was, as I said, one of their favorite relationships is the, is the Dick Superman relationship, how he's like, you know, his favorite uncle situation and it was nice to see him you know fly up and say hey i just wanted to see what it was like you know to be like you and shake his hand in the sky and then i really like the speech from superman about the the earth you know they, they fly up to, the, to space and tells him about you know um the pressures he feels and the things that are important and the perspective he gets from being about you know out in space and looking at the earth from far I, I thought that was all really good would this have been your pick too connor or did you not think about that this week i didn't i didn't think about it this week but i don't know i don't know maybe it's interesting because Connor, obviously this is going to be your favorite flavor of Nightwing because it's kind of the Mar or I'm sorry, the DC demon universe or whatever. And, and Neron has been like omnipresent for a character that like is barely defined and no, and I can't, I can't imagine what he cares about, but I do like the versatility of the character mm-hmm. in that you can do this kind of story because I, I think, you know, the book would be boring if it was always the street level criminal and yeah, you know, no, heart taker or whatever. Yeah. And then you have be, because because he's tying in that Titans thing, you always have Raven there. So you've got that little bit, you know, which is a juxtaposition, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it got to be. At least it was unexpected, I suppose. And you, you got all those moments and, you know, Tom Taylor, he does he does the relationship heartstrings, you know, mm-hmm. but like, not, not like, uh, like Garth Ennis does relationship heartstrings, but Tom Taylor has got a real handle on like what two characters to put together and make them do that. And I feel like they're actually kind of overusing the Superman Dick Grayson thing, mm-hmm. but I don't care. Cause it's enjoyable. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> like, like it's too much, but if, and you know, until it sucks, I'm not really going to complain. It's probably because you're reading world's finest and they're, t- you know, two or yeah, three main characters. And I don't, there. Yeah, I, I sort of just the feeling of it rather than me be able to give you the examples of the whole thing. Um, yeah, it's fine. It's good. Yeah, this is this is the kind of thing that yeah, it's, that's super enjoyable. You know, it's it, as Ryan said, it's like giving a character a different power set, and this, so they get to explore for one issue what you know life on the other side is like. And Ryan's not wrong though. Like, like, like there was no drama to that. No, he was never going to keep the powers. Of course not. Um, and it's almost like it's so obvious. You're like, why is this demon so stupid? Yeah, <laughs> like that's <laughs> what you thought you'd tempt did him. Did ever like, thought he had the upper hand here? Like, bring his parents back to life, or right. you know, get rid of Damien. Oh. <laughs> he might go for it. I would go for it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what's funny, and this has nothing to do with the main story, but the backup story, which is like a flashback to dick teaming up with john kent to solve a murder of the circus are we sure it was john kent well that's what i'm laughing about because it's like ever since they just they they outed him as bi he's bi right he's gay bi i don't yeah, remember no, he's bi he's bi it's like 
it's like the artists don't know what to do with his hair. They want to give him like Gen Z hair, but they don't know what that means. And so sometimes it's like weird mohawk, and sometimes it's this curly, almost seventies boy band hair. Like they just that, that they're trying to. It's like they, like well, it's like they need a character this, model. This is not me saying it, but it's like the the the, the idea I get reading is like. Well, what do, what do the gays have? Like, what are their hairs? Like? What is their hair like? You know, because <laughs> it's, it's, in in this story, Dick has similarly length. Like his his hair is about as long as John's, but is quaffed in a way that doesn't look just scraggly. Like, all there's over one the page, page twenty seven, where it's just like, who is this person? You know, the, I mean, like what you're saying is is perfectly valid. But I think the other problem with this story is that I was like, this isn't even his face. This isn't his face from the last panel. Yeah, it's, the art was bad. And the back of yeah. that was bad. And and I, I do think that uh, there's a little confusion with the fact that uh, it was Action Comics. Like, what is that? It was Action Comics this week, and there's all yeah. the different Supermans. Yeah. And and John's costume doesn't seem to be consistent. And so I don't ever know who I'm looking at. Like, I'm like wait, is this a different one uh, or, or not? Uh, actually, this one is consistent, but it's not the same as the one in Action Comics, I don't think. Yeah. And in this, he's drawn with more or less an adult form. Like, he's as big as Nightwing, um, but he's written to be very kind of naive in an almost childlike way, which was a little... It was just inconsistent with the way the character looked. They made him look like the alien from space who's who's fascinated by humans. They really did. (laughs) I mean, that's... that's, Yeah. 28 is terrible, and then you turn the page to 29, and it looks like he's got, like, a human mask on in that first (laughs) panel. Like... Nobody takes it off and sees my alien face. It just was weird. I, I it's just it's just funny. Like they just start, it's just like how do we signify this guy is not a straight man? Let's give him different hair, and we're yeah. going to do it differently every time. It's just it's just uh, someone needs to get a hold of Dick's hair is fairly consistent with the length in the main book. I think, although the very first page of the story, it's got a real page boy thing going on because this guy's no. Uh, Bruno Redondo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really well, is Bruno just a matter of like. A while. I know, but like he still established that look or whatever. Yeah, this one did. looks like he got out of the shower and then blow dried it. Um, actually, it's terrible. The, I mean, like the the thing here, my my real issue is like this art is, it's not ready for prime time. And I get yeah, it; it's a backup a story of, on a, a on a sort on. of mid tier book. But um, like sometimes you just like you look at it and it's like you're you're not quite there, yeah. and and you know editors have drastically different ways about going after th- you know going uh, you know doing their jobs and telling people what to do or not but if like i wish the editor had gone you got to fix this yeah you know and and there's probably not time for it it doesn't like it doesn't work that way they they roll the dice when they put somebody on a story and they give somebody a chance or whatever and you know this artist if they keep working they'll get better it's not it's not terrible at all just needs a little work a little polish you know it's not prime time mm-hmm. anyway yeah, right this is a fun issue i I, when you sent the list over, I said, yeah, that makes sense. I have nice. no idea what my pick of the week would have been. Yeah, I don't either. It was such a small week. I, I ended up having 12 books with, with the patron pick, and I don't know. I'm just mm-hmm. glad it was you and not me. I think I know what my pick of the week is. We'll get to it. Let's move on to Action Comics, as you mentioned. Action Comics 1055. And yeah, it has the Superman logo on the cover, so I guess they're branding the books. I mean, not a terrible now, idea. Now watch. Someone's going to be like, they've been doing that for eight months, and you, got, you idiots just noticed now. That's what's probably what's going to happen. Yeah, but would you be like somebody would call you an idiot would you would you be like i'm not an idiot you'd be like yeah, okay no i'd be like yeah that's fair <laughs> okay. i have no i have no argument about that <laughs> so, um I, I i think i had the same problem 
for well, first of all, I, I liked this because it's it's like you know we're we're everyone knows we're in peak '90s nostalgia mode in this uh-huh. culture. I mean, I was out oh. lunch today, and they're, you know they're playing a '90s station in the restaurant. Like they're, they're, we're in peak '90s, you know '90s nostalgia, and so here we have the return of all of the Superman from the Death of Superman. So we have Cyborg Superman, we have the Eradicator, we have Steel, we have Superboy, um, and two, Superman. We have two so, Steels. Yeah, but we have the, we have basically everyone back together, and I was really kind of bummed there was not a single shot of them all together because that would have been a panel of the week, but there wasn't one. So I was pretty. I gotta I gotta admit, I was pretty excited to see Eradicator. I mean, they're good characters, and there's a reason why they said have staying staying power. You know, Eradicator and Cyborg Superman are kind of creepy. I I will say, like at the end of the last issue, when you know it's revealed that it's Cyborg Superman, I was like, all right, <laughs> Cyborg Superman is one of those characters. Like, if you don't know anything about the character, it sounds kind of dumb, right? But he's scary. Yeah, yeah. like he's got the, the menace of threat, and he's crazy. And he looks like Superman, but you know, but not. And it's it's a it's a great villain, and to sort of have it have it think that we're looking at Metallo, but it's not. By the way, Metallo's origin story in the middle of here for no reason was dumb, but I loved it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, this is terrible, but I'm into it. Well, and the, and the thing about Cyborg Superman is, you know, if you've if you read the death and and then the return of of all the Supermen and the reign of the Superman, uh, like. Cyborg Superman was the one guy who almost kind of convinced Lois that he might be really Clark. And yeah. so like there's that to mm-hmm. me gives him a level of threat that none of the other, you know, faux Superman ever achieved. I really do love that his name is Hank Henshaw. And like that name, which sounds like just some boring ass suburban neighbor yeah. is evil in DC. Oh, fuck but it. It, also, Henshaw. It, it, it also sounds like a name Stan Lee would have come up with yeah. to be alliterative so yeah. he could remember it. Yeah. But overall, though, I mean, that aside, it's kind of what you mentioned earlier, Josh. I still have my problem with this book. There's still too many characters, and they're too similar, and they, they redesigned all these costumes to look exactly the same. So start and, of the book, I see there's all the different Supermen, and I forget which which one's which. And I was like, all right, this Action Comics. And, and I was like, oh, I don't know who's anybody anymore. And I hate that, like, I'm sorry, but the Chinese Superman does not read as Chinese at all. And yeah. so every time after he's like, who is that? Right. Well, because now he's just speaking in pop culture quips and they're just saying, oh, yeah, yeah. that's because of movie night or game night. And it's like, yeah. all right, that's that's one way to not write the character as authentically their own culture, I guess. He had a very specific sort of red costume from that book when Gene Yang right. introduced him. Oh, totally. I would yeah. know who that is every time. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not like Superman and Superboy who originally had the exact same costume. You could just tell one mm-hmm. was a mini version. But now it's just like they oh, put right. them all yeah. in these similar jackets. Then they all have the same logos in the same spots, and so for and they're all vaguely white guys with black hair, and it's just like who are all these people? And the thing with Jonathan Kent is in his own book, they've been hinting at this idea that he's going to become the Electric Blue Superman, yeah. and I'm like, just do that because that would be a great way to visually distinguish him. Yeah. So this is him with the he's got black. sort of the lightning bolt S symbol the, and no cape anymore, red sleeves and the black uniform yeah, yeah kind of the gray him. the yeah. gray black uniform and then it's and he looks exactly like clark kent he doesn't look younger he's yeah. got short hair obviously like it is you could never convince me that that's supposed to be the same character in the other book that i just we just that, read yeah i mean that this might be a good chance to bring over the diego maradona haircut he had in that other book and have him uh-huh. be <laughs> recognizable on his own yeah it's just yes. it's just too many it's just too many there's two i mean it's like it's, it's a comical there's two steals there's five mm-hmm. supermen in this book and plus Supergirl would be 
recognizable, but she's got the same exact costume as everybody else. Mm-hmm. It's just weird. They're doing this. At least I know which the younger steel is. That I got. I'm down with that. I got. I have no idea who the fuck she is. Like I, I, I think she's his niece. Or yeah. I don't know. Natasha sudden, Jones. Yeah, she, I think she's whatever. His niece. She's she wears his a hoodie. Niece. Yeah. You know. And then you have the kids. I keep forgetting the kids are there. Yeah. And the kids show up, and I'm like, "There's 19 characters in this book." Hey, you know what was awesome? What they did over in Fantastic Four. Let's do exactly the same thing. <laughs> just time <laughs> jump them exactly for a year. Exactly the same. Yeah, it's the same same characters. There's, exactly. There's characters. even crypto just hovering in a panel at one point. Like I know who that you, is. Crypt, so crypto, listen, you can though, tell. All of this aside, like these are all faux pas, and well, I, just, I would just say also annoying. Now you're adding in Cyborg Superman, who also wears the same costume as, and it looks yes. exactly like Superman. <laughs> so you're adding even more characters to the mix. Maybe I mean maybe that's the joke. You know what I mean? Like maybe that's like the, would it be funny if we just fucking filled it with Superman in action comics? Like I can get behind blow. that. Next month, Bizarro. So <laughs> exactly. all that said, though, like it's pretty good. It is pretty good. All of those faults, I, I am engaged. I, I uh, there was a bunch of books this week that were I was behind on, so I had to read two books to sort of catch up. And you know, like I finished the last action comics, and you know, it was the reveal of Hank Anshaw, and I was like, all right, let's do more. <laughs> you know, like I, I was. I was into it. Yeah, I'm a little into the um, the Lee Weeks, uh, J- Jonathan Kent story. It's not great, but I'm whatever. more into it when he draws it. He hasn't drawn the last couple. I thought He's his name was on the. I, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. And then and then that last story the uh, steel one. didn't. I got to a page that was just a boardroom and a fuck ton of ward balloons, and I was like, I'm out. Like that's all it took. Yeah, to, and also and, this and, was and, this was similar to Nightwing's backup, where the art and this backup, the steel story yeah. was not ready for prime time either. No. So that was a little, that was a large up and down review. <laughs> this yeah, was no. awesome, but it sucked, but it was awesome. <laughs> but I don't I'm know cool who, that. I don't know who anyone is and I don't know what's going on, but it That's was awesome. True. And there's yeah. a lot of super people. Yeah. The Tim Drake book doesn't have the Batman logo on it. What is happening? Well. Yeah. And yes, I'm still reading Tim Drake. There's only one issue left. Daredevil and Echo number one. I wasn't originally going to read it. It's clearly just a book they're putting out to capitalize on the Echo show that's coming out. But I saw that Phil Noto drew it. Yeah. And we, the writer was Taboo and B. Earl are two native writers who I haven't really seen do. We, I, I remember those names. I think they wrote something else we read at some point. And this was, this was really it fun. Um, yeah. yeah. It involves parallel storytelling where, you know, in the, in the present day, Daredevil and Electra and Echo are dealing with this problem. But in the past, in 18... 18- 35 35 uh jack murdoch who is you know matt's descend you know ancestor who has left the gang life he's left the dead rabbits behind to go way up north to wait tommy murdoch tommy murdoch sorry yeah jack was his his dad yeah Yeah. battling jack murdoch yeah he's also jack's ancestor so he leaves the, the the gang life and the five points behind to go way up north to hell's kitchen to become a priest but there's a problem and i i thought this was really Really fun. I mean, the stories are connected, obviously, but um, right. The like the native people, like Echo's ancestors, are also part of this story with the same handprint on her face. I thought this was cool. I mean, I just I just finished reading a book that was they took place in historical New York, and so I've got this sort of world in my mind. I think it's so hilarious that in the 1830s, you know, what was essentially like 55th Street was like considered, you oh know, yeah, like. A like mile, above, like Canada, basically, like yeah. it was so far everything away. Everything above 14th Street was just crazy far away. Yeah, and they they talk about the old pond, which was you know the, yeah. where the 
the water the collect. collect pond everybody got their water from and they filled it in of course and anyway i just i thought this was really fun i really enjoyed this and i love seeing phil noto's interiors i'm a yeah, big fan too. of phil noto and i think he's really improved in sort of making stuff look more like drawings instead of photos but the only thing that i will say is that his 1835 new york way too clean <laughs> well yeah <laughs> it's like yeah. everything is sort of really nice and uh did they have like i don't know four or five story buildings back then um four and five i don't know but yeah anyway was this before or after the big fire that took out all the wood buildings and they replaced them with stone i can't remember the triangle shirtways fire was no this was a different fire better. this was the one that spread throughout the basically right. transitioned it from a village of wood structures to a city with of stone structures it happens in all the great cities yeah every great city's burned at least once <laughs> Right. Usually somebody said it's so like rebuild. So anyway, I thought this was good. I thought if you're if you're interested in Daredevil, like this was a nice diversion into more of a classic Daredevil story. We've been talking about the clip, the Chip Zdarsky book for a while. It's a very that's a very specific story. This is more. It takes elements that you recognize, like like Electra being in the Daredevil costume, but it it you know he doesn't have a beard. He's not like cripplingly depressed. He's in his like regular eyeballs. suit. Yeah, so well he has he has the ninja pants, which is from Chip's well, run, mean, but that's been that way for years now. And he and Echo have such like a different rapport than he has with Electra. Like he asks her, like, do you hear about this murder? And she's like, Really? Come on, like I'm deaf. You gonna ask me if I heard about something? Yeah, mm-hmm. like, that would actually could confuse me because a couple of times he's talking to her where she's not looking at him, so how right, is she like, able to read his lips? Looking at page 18 where they're hugging and talking. It's like, well, she's looking over your shoulder. How is she going to read your lips? I noticed that a couple of times where they're a little inconsistent with how his blindness works and how her deafness works. But Yeah, that page too, like she's looking down at him while they're talking. It's like, well, looking down at his chest while they're like sort of standing close to him. I was like, she's not reading your lips then. But it does. it didn't matter ultimately. Uh, stuff like that always is only important if the story doesn't work, which it did. I really enjoyed yeah. it. I like Echo. It's a four issue mini. It's not too, too big of a commitment. Hey, guess what? Yeah. Yes. You're really gonna love Peacemaker going forward because he's hey, gonna be. Hey, in every Connor, there's DC a little book. there's a little arrow that's in the shape of a G on the cover of this book. There is, there is. I see How about that? that? Your theory is is bearing fruit. Green Arrow number two. Josh Williams, Sean Isaacs, and Peacemaker shows up at the end with uh, what's her name? Peace Wrecker. Lady Peacemaker? Yeah. And uh, I, one of my I, favorite moments in this book is Roy is, is gearing up for battle and he grabs three different bows. He grabs a compound bow, a long bow, and a, a crossbow. And Dinah just says, Yeah, you're best with the recurve. Here, take this one. She hands him a fourth bow and then just walks off and says, Let's get to work. Yeah. Well, you don't so, need that many bows. Pick one. Here's my question. Yeah. Every time I've ever talked to an editor or a comic creator of any kind, Uh-oh. and I have said, Hey, does the studio make you do that? Were you putting <laughs> that character in? They all say, no, 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 no. So is there, let's just assume for a second that that is true, that what they're saying is that no, no one's making them do it. Are are the people trying to sort of stick with the zeitgeist or I, I, first of all, are I they don't trying believe to suck I don't up believe to James that's Gunn? True. I don't believe it's true. No, I don't either. Because in, in an interview recently, Brian Bendis said that, that he was made to put Black Adam in the, in the Justice League team when the movie was coming out. So I don't believe that's true. I think they're saying that because they don't get fired. Yeah, th- I but, mean, th- the thing is this: like, you've got a big movie coming out or whatever, and and uh, you know, Flash has to show up more or Cyborg or whatever. Like, I get mm-hmm. that. Is Peacemaker really a thing? 
No. Right? You a know lot what I mean? People like that show. I like that sure, show. But, 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 but did 35 million people watch the show? No. Right. That's what I, that's what I'm getting at. Like like Harley Quinn, I get it. There was a whole movement there. It's Margot Robbie. That's worldwide mm-hmm. or whatever. But like Peacemaker still seems like a pretty niche thing to have him show up in four different books this week, it seemed like. Yeah. I, I think if you're tell if you're trying to tell uh, if you're trying to tell a Green Arrow story, you know he's famously the lefty liberal of the the Justice League sure. set. So if you want to pit him against sort of an John antithetical Walker. antihero, yeah. then you find the the very kind of fashy conservative antihero and and see where that story goes. So like I can see I can see an organic way this came about, but the timing is mm-hmm. certainly suspect. Yeah, I, I believe think, it's true. I, I think um. It does make sense in that. Like, I can't fault it. Like, I can't be like, he wouldn't be there. It's just that it is over and over. But I think, um, like, in the past, you would use, like, Guy Gardner for that or something. And I, Hawkman. I don't think... Hawkman was his... Was his oh. it's, almost, I mean, the, the, it's almost more the shoehorning in of Amanda Waller. Well, yeah, because they, they shoehorned her in after the movie. So, like, it, it is all 100% them being told to do this for the, for the corporate synergy. And I don't believe for one second when they say otherwise. Because every once in a while it slips out that it's true. I didn't actually see anybody. That's just historically, like I've seen that be a thing, but um, it's just like how every actor says they all love making the movie. I've I've lost the thread about what this book was about. Yeah, I did. Too. I didn't love this issue as much as I did the first one. I I, I quite enjoyed the first one. I liked the sort of sci-fi it's, element of putting it's them lost in time with his daughter, and he can't. And I didn't remember, like, so he can't ever go see his family again. I don't know. And, yeah. and then he made a house in the woods, and you're like, that doesn't make any sense. And then they said, no, no, Batman gave me this super pop-up tent. Um, and I was like, okay. Did you? But did you not like the the chili, Josh? It was. I, I thought mean, about I thought about you all reading that scene in particular, where he just slaps the bowl away and says, "It's not you. It's the chili. It's shameful." Yeah. <laughs> Look at that's the most emotion he shows in the whole book in that panel yeah. when he slaps. He gets it real away. upset that he he tried to make chili on an alien planet and couldn't figure it out. Like I mean, I could have told you that wasn't going to work. <laughs> it uh, it wasn't as good. I didn't like. I didn't really enjoy reading it all that much. I just. I don't. It's. It's. Uh, it's fine. Like Josh Williamson does a lot of good things in here, um, and you know, it's it's very energetic and it's packed full of DC stuff. But to me, it's like it's one quarter turn too frenetic. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know what to grab onto. Yes, I, I agree don't with that. care. Um, that's exactly right it's there's too much especially for like a rebooted situation like you're supposed to be making it super accessible and sort of starting from scratch it felt like way too much is happening it's the family thing again so the family thing over and over again it's as if like every book has to be an ensemble thing all the time yeah it's 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 not it's like a couple years ago when you know all the DCCW shows were going strong and, and on all, all of those shows, they took the single hero and they gave him a team behind him. Even right. Supergirl had a fucking team on her headset. Like, and so suddenly that, that sort of seeping into the comics a little bit. And so, but at least that made sense from a TV standpoint. No, I get that. I'm saying is that yeah. sort of seeping into the comics now where it's like impossible just to have like a single hero, you know, they've got to have, you know, Electra's got to be a daredevil and, and, and I don't, I don't necessarily dislike it all. It's just that, there's never a book about just one guy or one girl or whatever. Right. It's just always a bunch of people. They got to have a kid. Right. And even if they already had a kid, they need to have a new kid that we never knew about. An Oliver <laughs> Brady, uh, as it were. Was Oliver's last name Brady? Oliver. Was it the Brady Bunch? Was it? Was that? Was that um, uh, family ties. Was they added an extra kid later. 
think Oliver was the Oliver first was... one where they added a cute kid to the Brady bunch. Yeah, anyway, Oliver Brady. Uh, Oliver Brady, yeah. Uh, yeah. Was he he was like a cousin though. Cousin Oliver. He was like Greg. Um oh my God. he looks is, I was trying to I'm trying to think of books that are one character. Like She Hulk's kind of one character. No, she's got she's got Jack of Hearts and Hellcat. I know, but that's like the love interest and whatever, and she's she's got a friend, but it's not like like it's still following her around as she does stuff and then interacts with those people. They gave Flash a literal family of Flash, like his entire family got Flash powers. Um, I mean, I'm not saying there's no books. I'm just saying there's a lot fewer books than there used to be. Yeah, yeah. Iron Man a little bit, but he had Hellcat basically in every issue of that last series. Uh-huh. But I think I think one of the things is when like obviously there can be other characters or whatever, but when you cut away to other scenes of the other people doing shit that have nothing to do with the main character, uh-huh. that's different. So when it said the front of the book says Green Arrow, it doesn't mean that's not synonymous with Oliver Queen. Right. It's synonymous with all of the Green Arrow family and characters. Which is like what's happening in in a lot of books. I think I think that's a good distinction. I th- I, I I see what you're saying now, Josh. I was I was struggling a little bit to see your point before, but that makes sense the way. You put- so like in action comics, like the first couple of scenes were all of the, you know, Gen Z supermen. Yeah, doing actions. I'll have you right, know. right. That had that he wasn't there for in this uh, Queen Oliver Queen book. Arsenal like has a scene where he is very very rough with a security guard. Mm-hmm holding the arrow an inch from his face. <laughs> right. I don't know. I, I just didn't, I just didn't love it as much as I did the first. One. I, I liked the first one. Ryan, Ryan and I talked about it. I think it was like t- in pick of the week contention, but, huh. but issue two wasn't that good. Yeah. Fair. It's not what I want from a green arrow reboot from a character that hasn't had a book for a while. Right. I don't know what I do want, but it ain't this. I know what I want. I want what Tom Taylor did in deceased. I want that Oliver queen. Yeah. And also the one that in um in the vampire one too. He was good in that. Yep. There's no logo on the Justice Society of America cover. No corner logo. Just, what would it be if there was one? They couldn't figure it out. Some somebody was like, What would you put them all on there? And they're like, That isn't gonna work, Carl. <laughs> so, the ta- what about the would you put the table? Maybe. Carl's got the worst ideas. The justice. It's, I would do the silhouette of the the Hall of Justice for the, justice the society? society. Oh yeah. right, no, the Hall sorry. of Justice, the justice, justice society. Then the you can't, don't do it. All right, so they did. They did. I think Josh, what you said about Green Arrow, I think slightly applies to this book as well. It's like one quarter turn too much happening in this book. Yes, I really like, but I really like it. I really like it a lot. But yeah. there's this issue felt almost like too manic. But I get it. But I do. The difference here is that I do feel grounded with a couple of the characters. Like mm-hmm. I feel like Helena Wayne. That sounds weird when you say it all together. Helena. Helena. Yeah, yeah. sure. I, like I, I don't know. I feel like I know where she's coming from, what she's doing, where where she's going. Mm-hmm. You know, to a, or at least so much that I I care about. It. Like I have a handle on it. I feel like you know, new Doctor Fate. Like okay, I, I kind of get what's going on here. I know who the villain is. And what they want. And so therefore all of that's the skeleton that all those things get to hang on. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think you're wrong in, because I know that every time a new issue comes out, I'm like, wait, what the hell? <laughs> like it's, it's like you got, it takes a little too long to ramp up, but right. um, I don't think you're wrong. No, I, I didn't think it was bad. It's just like this, like I'm exhausted when I finished it. It's like, Oh, that was a lot. Yeah. I, this was a good reminder that 
Now, also, Power Girl is wearing that Superman jacket as well. So she has the same. Everybody gets jackets. With the Superman like, I it. get it if you want to shrink the boob keyhole. I understand. That makes sense. Nothing wrong with that costume, though. Yeah, the costume's like, good. You could you can spot it. You know it's like you know exactly what it is. Know who I'm looking at. I don't I don't know what this constant redesigning of costumes into into more complicated and less uh, appealing, visually sort of appealing and and sort of just that instant recognition. Yeah. I don't know why we've been doing this since 2000 X Men, and I hate it. Yeah, they costumes need to be you need to instantly recognize who you're looking at right there mm-hmm. should be like a primary color you associate with them which is why i have a problem with the sam wilson captain america redesign is because the mm-hmm. primary color for him becomes white when i think of captain america i think of blue because mm-hmm. most of his costume is blue but um it's still classic dead man in this issue though gotta give him everything else is good man. i i really like the jerry ordway flashback art i mean anytime you get jerry ordway it's it's really great and um you know, the mystery is fun of this guy trying to kill them through time. So there's a lot of things that you can Dang play with. And this is a fun, it's a fun book. He is in, he hit, you know, this is Jeff Johns and he has introduced some of the characters from his Stargirl TV show into the book. So now we have the young woman, Dr. Midnight here instead of the traditional Dr. Midnight. And uh, Yolanda, uh, the, cat, the wild cat Yolanda is not, I mean, she was on the show, but she was from the comics in the 70s. But so... He has been melding things from his TV shows into his books, which is kind of annoying, but also whatever. I guess the horses have left the barn. Yeah, what are you going to do? Dead Romans. I have thoughts, guys. I would love to hear them. I don't know what the fuck is happening in this book. That's correct. I think the art's really nice to look at on an image-to-image basis. I think it's not very good telling stories. It doesn't do storytelling very well, the art. Which is uh, Nick Marinkovich. You know what's interesting is that I don't know any of the names here except for the colorist. Yeah. Jose Villarubia. And I was like, oh, that that guy's like a veteran. I just have a problem telling people apart, telling, you know, like, I don't think, I don't think the the panel to panel storytelling is strong. I think the images are strong. Right. I don't think, I just don't think the progression of storytelling is strong. And I just don't know what's going on here other than these Germanic tribes keep attacking the Romans and over and over again. A, I wanted to just say Jerry Ordway is 65. I thought he'd be older. He's got it. Yeah, he's got oh, totally man. got it. And I, I just thought. He was young. Yes, that's what I was getting at. Anyway, getting back. So uh, what I would tell you is the Dead Romans 3 probably would have been my pick of the week. Ooh. And I am not saying that Scandal. what you're talking about doesn't exist and that your criticism is not valid because I think it is. But again, I was catching up on stuff. So I read two and three fairly close together, which helped a great deal. Mm -hmm. And I remember in the first issue, there was a really big problem. And I was like, I'm not exactly sure what's going on here, but I I get it now. There is a Roman guy who is actually a German. And so, and he's in love with the girl and he switched sides and she doesn't believe that he will have switched sides. So here's all your, you know, and she's completely, she's a slave, but she's totally devoted to her Roman side. And there's like, it's like a little revolution happening in this place. And I get it. There were a couple of times I was like, wait, who, who's Arcturus or whatever. But by the end of it, because I had read two in a row, I was kind of paying attention and it was okay. But again, you're not wrong. It's like one of those movies that everything is too close and too dark and too stylized and you can't quite see. But I do really enjoy it for for the fact that, like, you know, I love Roman stories like this. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Like, you get, a, you, get a, a, you know, and, and the art is 
while not storytelling wise uh fantastic uh you know it is it is real good to look at yeah the, the image i mean it's beautiful i really love it but also i don't know who anybody is or how to tell them apart and that's also a problem i think that you're that's spot on i agree with you but i'll take it yeah I mean, it's different. I, I am. I'm still reading it too, and I I agree with all of the criticisms and the praise, and um, yeah, the action sequences are are told a, li- a little clearer, but I still don't know who's fighting who and why. Yeah, it's your people, yes. right? Well, that's because I think there's the 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 guy who who switched sides brought people with him, and so you've got Romans on Romans, and there's it's very. That's where it gets confusing, I think, because you got centurion armor on both sides instead of like, oh, this guy's a barbarian. Right. This guy's a Roman soldier. That's very easy. Plus, at one point, a guy gets his arm slashed off with a gladius. And I always thought a gladius was more of a piercing weapon than a slashing weapon. But maybe that's just D&D rules. So a little while ago, you said, I agree with everything you said in terms of praise and criticism. And what I thought was, why are you fucking here? And then you just showed me why you were here. So good work. Oh, wow. All right. Glad to I, I didn't really think, why are you here? I was going to make that joke, and I didn't, because this would have sounded mean, but then you brought up a thing that neither of us would have. said it and it still sounded mean. It's because you Irish yeah, Americans needed some German representation <laughs> in this discussion of the Romans versus the my Kraut ancestors. <laughs> I got to say, there was only one group that kept the Romans from, uh, from taking a, over their apparently land. Apparently they were Jason Momoa, <laughs> according to these drawings. <laughs> yeah. Um, Unstoppable Doom Patrol, I think, would have been in my uh, pick of the week discussion. This is uh, the third issue of this miniseries. And it was super fun to throw Guy Gardner and Kyle Rayner into this weirdo Chris Burnham drawn mix. And I, I liked it quite a bit. That's nuts. Look at that. The the thing that I felt with this issue, so like yeah, we're dealing with this sort of Doom Patrol acting as X-Men where they're taking in misfits of yeah. the DC universe who are like, you know, in this case, they're taking on a guy who's got a star on his face, but he's somehow slightly immune or able to also operate with the star on his face and calls himself Starbro, which is very annoying. But this this issue was the one instance where I was just like, wait, Doom Patrol can't they can't really believe that, like, having a star on the team is OK. That's that's right. insane. That's a terrible idea. The Green Lanterns are correct. Get get rid of that thing. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> I liked a lot of bits in here. I thought the ghost car button was cool, where it turned the car, the car like intangible, drove through the. That was like some good people. Doom Patrol weirdness. I yeah, liked I that liked, too. I like a lot that they that Cliff and um, Larry escape to with with Starbro to to Smallville because they think that the Green Lanterns won't attack them there, but Guy Gardner <laughs> smashes them with the sign. I thought that was all fun. Um, I really liked it. Animal, vegetable, mineral men, and uh, I, this is just a weird, fun book. And I, enjoy I, it. I really I loved the soon it will be an animal vegetable mineral world and I'm, my first thought was like it already is like, <laughs> those those are the categories that's like one of those things like that's full of chemicals yes that's correct <laughs> that is an always a correct statement everything that's made of matter is <laughs> it's chock full of chemicals I mean yep. you'd be more specific good um, chemicals bad ones. Really quick uh, I wanted to uh, touch in on what's the furthest place from here this is issue thirteen. The last couple of these I thought have been really strong because they kind of focused on a couple of people in different parts of the world. Um, 
which I think has worked for the book after they sort of set up the initial stuff. This is about two of the characters who have been captured by these zookeepers. Like everywhere they meet fucking weirdos and they do horrible things to other people. They're trapped in these cells and basically there's it's the story of all of these escape attempts. And when they don't work, they end up back in the cells. This is a six-panel grid to denote that you end up back there day eight, day uh, uh, 11. Mm-hmm. It keeps going for a really long time. And then like the theme is we will not be beaten. We will keep fighting. And then you slowly, it's 40 pages, the story uh, you slowly get to the point where, you know, they are defeated and it's kind of not what you expect, you know, based on all other narratives that you read, um, you know, cause they always get out. Uh, but in this one, that doesn't really happen. And it's actually quite sad. And then they even lose track of the days. Like it's day question mark. Uh, it's just about the breaking of a spirit and like just not being able to overcome this sort of world. Uh, I really enjoyed it. That's all. Those are the books we wanted to talk about, but at patreon.com slash ifanboy, all of the ifanboy patrons have the opportunity to vote to add a book to the rundown this week by possibly the most overwhelming margin we've ever had. Really? Which I think says more about the week than the than the book itself. Fair. The winner was Fury number one from Marvel Comics, written by Al Ewing with art by Scott Eaton, Tom Riley, Adam Kubert, Ramon Rosanist, Inks by hey Cam Smith. I haven't seen that name in a while. Colors by Jordi Belair and letters by Joey C. Joey Bag of Donuts, Caramania. Big Joey C. And this is a this, this was a one shot celebrating sixty years of the world's most dangerous super spy, and yet the cover shows New Fury, not Nick Fury. He's not been around sixty years. <sighs> I hate this. <laughs> so I like Ryan, the stories about Nick Fury. I like the yeah. story about Nick Fury. I don't. I just hate, first of all, Nick Fury always one of my favorite Marvel characters. And yes. I hate how they shuffled him off because of the movies. It took one of the most fun a- aspects of the whole universe and threw her in the toilet. Mm-hmm. I don't care about this new Nick Fury. He hasn't done anything to earn his place as Nick Fury in the universe. You know what I mean? Like this is the stature that Nick Fury held before. He doesn't have a, he doesn't have a, um, I don't know. I don't know anything about him. I've seen yep. a million comics. Like he has no point of view. He has no unique characterization that i can tell right uh you know like i understand listen you know old nick fury uh, you know it's 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 definitely a symbol of a of a bygone era that maybe a lot of people aren't going to relate to in the same way that they would but it it, you know say we will at least an ethos you know this new one i don't a super spy like at least he had a character he had a personality he had a, a, a way of talking he had a history in the whole universe going back to the beginning like he he represented something when he appeared on on the page, and this new guy is like, oh, there's Sam Jackson. That's all he represents. And there's a bit there's a bit in here where like they're calling each other dad and son, and they yeah. have a hug. And I was like, I don't buy this at all. No, yeah, I, I had that exact thought. I was like, totally unearned. Yeah, totally unearned. How much how much do you feel like you failed as a father if your son loses the same eye you lost? <laughs> I mean, it, it's got a sting. Like I feel Literally. like I feel like all the injuries I have in my life are what I'm working to prevent my son from having the exact uh-huh. same injury, right? That's Yeah. That's, it should have been opposite eyes, that. like a mirror. That would have been better. And and I feel like the the yeah, yeah. okay, so there, my first feeling great, my first wait, feeling, wait, wait, real quick, you can talk. Your first feeling, don't forget it. That would be a great short story to introduce us to these characters having some sort of relationship is to have them discussing how they each lost their eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That no, would, no, that's that would fine. make the hug more interesting than it is because mm-hmm. they don't ever interact. 
Okay. I mean, on the first, first page feeling. of this book, they put the the title on you know as part of the the panel, which mm-hmm. that at least is classic Nick Fury comic book storytelling. Yep. And then I, it's been so long, but there was like an issue of it might have been the the Ultimates or something. I think it was a Warren Ellis writing this new version of Nick Fury, which it feels like Al Ewing is is kind of. I don't want to say aping, but like the way they're doing the kind of low key tech that the new Nick Fury operates with, it felt very reminiscent of the Ultimates era, which is where this Nick Fury comes from. Should be elephant and and should have remained right elephant in the room. I mean, that was a a meta textual comic where they referred to him looking like Sam Jackson should have should have stayed there. Yep. Should have stayed there. Um, My main feeling, my first feeling, the thing Josh told me to remember was just this book just felt so long. Yes, it did. It, was, it wasn't. It wasn't that long, but it felt like the longest book I read. This Double week. sized, yeah. So I got to the bits where we like the first bit. I, I don't really know what this was going to be when I sort of started it, and you know the first bit is is Nick Fury two, and then we we cut to uh, the unseen on the moon, which they have at least toned down enough so that I, I at least know I'm looking at Nick Fury. Like, it's something. He's got a little bit of watcher on the wall thing. You know, it's not good, but it's not as terrible as it was. However, uh, then they cut to the, you know, the the aping of the Jim Steranko kind of stuff. Yep. And I'm reading it, and I was like, I should like this more than I do. But it... The stuff where he's going like to it, the moon? It Like, it looks okay on the surface, I guess, but I, I wasn't compelled by it at all. And, like, the art was kind of fun, but it wasn't, like... It wasn't giving me the joy that I kind of wanted to have from it. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I didn't get anything anything out of it. It was bland. Not bad. Yeah. Um, I, I did like the 60s story. Like, so they told stories from different eras as the New Fury fights this Scorpio group. Mm-hmm. I did kind of enjoy the silliness of Nick going to the moon, you know, before the official space race and have falling back down to earth and survive. Like I did kind of like that all, all, but, um, I just felt like I was working to get through it. And it wasn't like I read this last in a huge, it was like, I was fine. I had time mm-hmm. and I just, I was, there was no hook for me. So at the end, so I thought in a, in another book, we, we got away from Nick being the watcher, like on the moon. I thought that had yeah, a scene. Like, did that happen in Avengers? Like where he's no I feel longer like, there. Yeah, Cause we were like, Oh, good. It's over. I remember that. I don't remember the details, but that definitely happened. And then, so now we're back to him being the unseen on the moon. No, because he went through a portal. No, he took off this time. He's he, yeah, but yeah, he he he's not even going to be on the moon. He just headed off into wherever. Well, now he's gone, gone. Like, but yeah, yeah, the, yeah. When the book Is starts, that better or worse? No, when the book starts, he's the unseen on the moon again. And then the right. end, he goes through this portal. Hugs the sun goodbye and says, "I'm out." And so I guess he's done. I guess we're done with Nick Fury. No, now. no, no. They, they. He's going into the multiverse, and right. the unseen was. So Nick Nick Fury's unseen character was a big character in the most recent run of Exiles, mm-hmm. um, which is a very multiverse heavy book. And so I thought they were kind of leaning into that, where it seemed like what they were doing to me was setting up a Nick Fury as a quantum leaper around the multiverse, solving problems and, and porting around to, to be able to, cause that's, they, they have like this page where it's this very off model Nick Fury with a bowl yep. cut. And then there's like, yeah, he's got a Caesar cut. He's, there's like five panels of Nick Fury doing various Nick Fury type things around him. And so I thought they were setting up sort of a, we're going to use old Nick Fury to tell multiverse stories where they, we can pretend that it's still, 
the Nick Fury we all remember and want to be in the comics while not getting rid of Sam Jackson, Nick Fury and the 616. I don't know. If I may, uh, just real quick so that we don't sound like, or at least I don't sound like completely. I hate everything new Uh, in Marvel proper. uh, And I know it's not really shield, but we'll say it's shield. uh, Maria Hill as being the person in charge of it. I like her much more than the idea of this Nick Fury being in charge of it. So I'm glad for that. Uh, She's and here's a question though. Her character has, she has a character. She has a, a purpose. She has a point of view. Uh, I like her. But, but here's a question for, I have for both of you. If there was a functioning S.H.I.E.L.D. organization in the 616 currently, would the, the Sam Jackson Nick Fury rub you as much the wrong way? Like yeah. if he was just a member yes. of S.H.I.E.L.D., it still yes. would? Okay. Because yeah. to me, I, I feel what, like that would smooth over some of the... Because he's, he's still replacing one of my favorite Marvel characters. He's still, I know, but to me that would smooth over some of the, the kinks that I'm, I'm feeling so with here's the Here's what I would Fury. propose. If I and I hate I don't like to do this because it's always like a shitty thing for like a reviewer to be like, well, here's what I would do, which I've done several times in this show. Um, I would like Nick Fury to be there. When I say Nick Fury, I mean Nick Fury. I don't I don't I don't know, you know, not Sam Jackson. And he could serve as like the general hawk yeah. of Shield. Like he's not he's not the he, you can have Maria Hill be, you know, the Duke, the 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 one who you know, is running stuff. And, and then this fear, this fear is Flint. Mm-hmm. Like that's no, fine with me. Like at least then, that, then you could at least build up as a character and you could build him up in relation to his father. And sure. It wouldn't feel so forced and out of nowhere, but you could also call him another name. I know that one. <laughs> Just Sam Fury. Yes, but you know what? You're right though. He's not going anywhere. That being the case, somebody give him a personality. Because I don't know, I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't know anything about it. So did they I, reform I, Shields I, in this comic? I thought it got, happened in another book. I didn't I seem like they officially did it in this book. I feel like in another book they they changed the acronym, but they, yes. they were bringing Shield back. What book was that? That did happen. That that's, was last that's, week. That is not a question any of us are equipped to answer at the moment. I did like the way they drew the the, the Watcher um, at, in the final story. It was really creepy. Mm-hmm. The giant head. Yeah. I thought yeah. the, the art was very effective. I also like, I don't mind the fact, like, it's funny because the Watcher thing is like, don't break that rule. But every Watcher story is, eh, breaking that rule. Um, but they sort of get around it here in that, like, this Watcher has ascended. Right. And I like that. I like, he was the special one. Everything about Earth is a little bit more special in these stories. And he broke the rules and then he ascended to sort of the next plane of things. And I love that it was very classic Marvel for him to just be like, dude, I have so much power. You have no right. idea. I'm just, I'm. It's just so much power. And they never define in any comics what that means, which is also great. Was it Fantastic Four where they brought S.H.I.E.L.D. back? I, I mean, know. that's that was Fantastic Four was where they hinted that Sam Jackson would next show up. I don't know. In, in For some more on the future week, of Nick Fury Shield and S.H.I.E.L.D., be sure not to miss Fantastic Four number seven. Maybe it was Fantastic Four, I don't remember. Um, <sighs> all right, where are we in the script? Okay, so that's the Patreon. Let's rate it, do ratings on it. Ratings. Ratings. There's there's no second issue here, so we don't have to say whether we're sticking with it or not. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't Are you going to stick with your But we're all sticking with Fantastic Four. Yeah. But yeah. I can't stop uh, him from showing up in other books. So write a strongly worded letter. Ratings. Um, out of five, I'm going to give this a three, I guess. Like, it was fine. I hate the concept, but as a comic book, as an execution of a comic, I thought it was right. fine. It wasn't like that that Superboy Nightwing story. It no. wasn't like, oh, who's doing this? I'm gonna say two and a half, like right down the middle. You mm-hmm. know, you know, from a 
interest level like did you love it you know like it's a lower score but you know as a comic book i don't know maybe somebody this is this does it for them it is is a competently made piece of comic book work yeah i think i'm with connor i think i'm i'm at a solid three there were a few things about it i liked the concept overall doesn't work for me Yeah, yeah but three feels feels right i would be really interested to know if there are people who like the new nick fury I know mm-hmm. that there's people who don't really know anything about the old Nick Fury. And so like, he's just Nick Fury to them. But right. like, are there anybody who like prefers this character? I don't, I don't, I can't imagine. Yeah. Maybe Sam Jackson. Every character is somebody's favorite. Sam Jackson is fantastic. And I'm sure that he gets a kick out of seeing his face in comic books all the time. But I have a feeling that he really liked Nick Fury. <laughs> like, like Nick Fury. Right. He would never be able to say it, but no. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. Every patron of the show gets a chance to vote. Thanks for all the patrons who do. And thanks for all those who are patrons. Hey, that's the best way you can support this show and all the fine shows we do. All of the many shows, the six to eight shows a month we do is through Patreon.com slash iFanboy. They're our main source of support. And we um, they unlock shows for everyone to enjoy. They unlock all the explode shows, media, talk, and book. And we appreciate them. We try to make things fun for them. They, they've built a really nice community at Discord and the Facebook group is currently still going. And we have fun things like monthly hangouts, which happened this month, this weekend, and and uh, with special prizes. Not prizes, but special merch and stuff, special things. What? I don't know. <laughs> we're giving away prizes. Yeah, I, don't know prizes. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, it's easy to give away a Marvel No Prize. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. I don't know. I My brain went for a break during the middle of that sentence. And I don't know what happened. I'll get back to the reading of the script instead. So um, thanks for that. And like we said last week, we are in the midst of revamping the uh, patron rewards and we are closer than ever. We just had another round of, of design review on the thing where we have to include for it. And so we're getting close, getting close. It'd, so it'd we'll be weird if you promised that you were further from ever. Like we've, we've lost progress. I think we took a step back. You know why? Um, no, Connor no, no, I don't think. Is, well, Connor is tenacious about this is all wrong. Back to the drawing board. Yeah. And I threw I threw the designs at the designer. I right. said, wow. get your head out of your ass. And and by that, like he 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 texted it at him. <laughs> Cuz it doesn't exist physically in any form. That's true. I didn't do any of that. I did have notes, but I did not I was not mean. You were quite uh, you were polite. I found com is our t-shirt store. 12 designs are there. You can get them on t-shirts and you can get them on all kinds of goods and sundries and like a skateboard deck that Josh has attached to his wall with Hawkeye. Yeah, I mean, with, a, with someone else on it, on it. It's a, it's a, it's a skull. It's a mask skull character. Yeah. Does it, I mean, it can't be Hawkeye because Hawkeye's not dead. Dead man. No. There's, there's nothing that it looked. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not dead man either. It is no character. Yeah, it's a good point. It's, <laughs> it's not Mr. Bones. It's no one. It's just a skeleton. Well, his, he's not dead. His skin's just invisible. I learned that on the show recently. Yeah. Skull iconography is part and parcel with the skateboard world. It's certainly the earliest uh, sort oh, of part sure. of it. Yeah. So it's just that with a hat. I wonder if Threadless would put it on the back of like a like a leather jacket. That time. <laughs> you know. That'd be fun. Anyway. It's just it's just the Black Freighter. FM.com slash support is our digital PayPal tip jar. FM.com slash Amazon is where you can find an Amazon link and also our books, blood books. And bookshop.org is our partner to help support local bookstores, and you can find those links on the Books Below shows. Thanks to everyone who supports the show in any way they can. Ryan, now you will it is your time to thank a $5 or higher patron by bestowing upon them 
the fabled patron power. I'm, I'm told it's supposed to be a dumb power. No, 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 no. No, that's not a rule. It's in the script. It says in the script, yes, but Lindsay it Falls. Mean it has- is, is that always in the? Is that always in the script? It's always in the script. I, I guess it's take that out. We should take that out. Yeah. Scrub it. Scrub it out. I've deleted it. Well, Lindsay Falls, I actually don't think I'm giving a dumb power out. I think I'm giving out a very interesting and and uh, potentially uh, potentially profitable power. Uh-huh. How about that? Yeah. Because Lindsay Falls is the auctioneer. So Lindsay uh-huh. can grab any item and start auctioning it off to whoever is nearby. And there's a there's an auctioneer hammer Whoa. that magically manifests and people will be the... psychically compelled to engage with the auction and all sales are final. And they do the he does the voice, he she. Yeah. I think it's a yeah. Yeah, I gotta give it to it now. That's part of the power is being able to right. do the voice compellingly. But, what but if, it's what so compelling. Lindsay's just at your house and, and and suddenly picks up like your TV and says, We're auctioning this off. Can I say, wait a minute, no? No, it's too late. And you huh. will be psychically compelled to bid for it, as, as will everyone else in the room for your own stuff. Lindsay <laughs> yeah. is not allowed at my like, house. Like if you're Lizzie, walking around, like are Lindsay's you, allowed on the to street? keep the profits. Like, like you, if you park your if you wait, park wait, your wait, truck, wait, wait, Josh, wait, split the profits with the owner. No, 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 no that's not how it works. The auctioneer. That's not what profit is. That's just revenue. Then. So Lindsay's a thief. But yeah, a, that's what but I'm a, getting out a, of this. A thief that's psychically enabled to sell anything they <laughs> can get their I hands on. So like, you've created a supervillain, which is okay. Like, like it's, a, it's a thief and a fence <laughs> all wrapped if, into if, one. If Josh parks his truck and Lindsay jumps into the bed of the truck and starts auctioning the truck, there's nothing Josh can do. Let me ask you this. Can either of you think of a legitimate use of this? <laughs> well, for Lindsay's bank account, to pad that, that's what that's what right. supervillains do. This, I mean, he better have a super-powered tax accountant because you're not going to be able to clear all that. I guess <laughs> well, it's been no, all cash business. It's a, I mean, it's they, a, they also don't have to use the power. Thief slash fence slash money launderer. <laughs> but, I mean, auctioneering is a pretty public way to, to fence your goods. I guess, I guess a legitimate way to do it would be, like, instead of Craigslist... <laughs> Like you would just go to like a busy corner and be like, oh, I'll give it, give it. Wait a minute, though. Wait a minute, though. You said the power compels people to bid and pay. That's yes. just extortion. <laughs> I mean, the power isn't very interesting if they can auction stuff off, but nobody has to engage with them. Like that's just a person yelling. But then, then Lindsay just got to be really, really, you know, um, persuasive. Convince people to, to I think the persuasiveness is part of the power. I mean, that's a hammer appears. That's, a, that's, like a, that's like a third-tier Flash rogue. That's a like bad it, guy. I like it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against it. I, just, you're, I think you're trying to sell it as something uh, that can be used for good, and I cannot figure out a way. I don't, I don't know that I said that. Well, you know, we've never said it's for good. We just said it's a power. We've, we've oh, had many true. evil powers before. There is, in fact, no... I trust Lindsay to, to find a way to use this. We for often good. say it's up to them whether okay. they're going to use the powers for good or evil. That's true. And if there isn't a good, if there isn't a, a, a just just because apparent... just because the power allows them to pocket the money from the sale doesn't mean they couldn't you know give half to Goodwill if they just go to Goodwill and start auctioning off all the Goodwill stuff. You've got you've got a Robin Hood <laughs> at best. Yeah, the world could use a few more Robin Hoods, Josh. I don't want to buy a new TV because some <laughs> dude came along and sold it to one of my neighbors and kept like hypnotized my neighbors into buying it and then kept all the money. Listen, Josh, you're in San Francisco on a business trip. Lindsay grabs the cornerstone of Twitter HQ and starts auctioning off Twitter. Suddenly, you've just bought Twitter from Elon Musk. 
What about and, the people? I guess they already all lost their jobs, so it doesn't matter. Only, only 70% of them. You know what I don't want? Twitter. <laughs> you, were, you were compelled You were compelled to bid the on it. The power of Twitter compels you. I guess I'm CEO and chair now. <laughs> so go get, $47. Go get your kitchen sink and walk into your office. Well, the thing is, like, he's gonna be, he's a he's in San Francisco. He's gonna be bidding against people with much more means than Josh. Has. Oh yeah, I wouldn't get it. Yeah, but does the yeah? I guess maybe the psychic compelling can't force people to spend money they don't have. Right. I think that would be bad. That's fair. Well, that seems fair. Wait. Now, when you say money you don't have, like, you could have money, but it could be a, a catastrophic thing to spend all of it. Because yeah, but now you some... on Twitter. Again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was good. Thank you. I mean, it's endlessly. You can, you can, <laughs> we could keep going. Thank you to Lindsay for being a patron. Thanks for Ryan for that power. That was fun. Let's, well, what do you guys think? We're, we're at the, the, the borderline of being done. One of them. One of them. Do we want to do even not... one? Because we're in the borderline. I say one of them. All right. Do one. It's fine. The second one. Matt from Miami, Florida. We all know death is only temporary in the main Marvel and DC continuity. What's the most significant change that really was permanent? My vote is for removing Green Lantern's weakness to yellow. Honorable mention is for heroes who now have had children for long enough to feel permanent, including Clark and Lois, Bruce Wayne, and Reed and Sue. I would say nothing is permanent, and they could very easily bring the yellow back at any time. It is a good example, though. I mean, it's permanent, a good example of a permanent is, is, is an air quotes around it or it's italicized. Yeah. But, you know, for a really long time or, for example, you know, originally Superman couldn't fly. He just jumped real far. Yeah, that's you true. You know, and they, they, they changed that I, around. I carried a gun. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, you have to. Eh, I don't know. I feel like I had an answer for this before because it was on the script before. Gwen Stacy, I think, is still. I know there was, an, but that was only uh, a change in that she went from living to dead. But it's pretty, one they haven't undone. Yeah. I mean, they did. They did yeah. a major retcon of of her character in the J. Michael Straczynski Amazing Spider-Man arc that I think was please, universally please, please hated don't, and rejected. Please don't. Please don't mention it. Just, I'm just. It's just better okay. to, to never mention that again. It, it was um, bad. I, I. I mean. I, I had forgotten about them getting rid of the yellow. That was all wrapped up in Green Lantern Rebirth, where it turned out that um, Parallax, the, the yellow creature, was inside right. the ring. That, and that's what drove uh, Can Hal I... mad. And that's what caused the yellow impurity. So once they removed that, it was no longer a thing. I think they were trying to get rid of you know, one of the sillier Silver Age aspects. But as I grew older, I like those aspects. So I think I'd uh -huh. be fine with it coming back just because it's always fun say, for, th to have things like that. I think in modern comics, it would be really hard to sell that yellow thing. Oh, sure. Because every but time think I think about that about moment it, in like, Cosmic Odyssey when the when the bomb is yellow, like that was a super powerful moment. You know, and and wasn't no, there wasn't absolutely. there a moment in All Star Batman where he paints everything in the Batcave yes. yellow? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I also think that like like that explanation for why the yellow impurity went away, it's that's elegant. Like that's, that was one of that's Jeff Johns' finest moments. Yes. Yeah, that's real good. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, like, there's all these characters that show. I mean, Damien is probably one of the premier. Well, yeah, you mentioned that kids, the, all these you know, adding the kids, and the kids are fairly permanent because you know, I mean, Valeria and and Franklin are not new characters. They've been around a long mm -hmm. time. Uh, you know, yeah, jo yeah. Compared to Jonathan and Damien, for sure. 
You know, Franklin Richards. Yeah. God, when did he when did he first come into comics? Franklin Richards. I'm really Franklin. I'm really like thinking hard the 70s. about something that's changed, and I, I wish I, I mean, was Franklin Richards up with was introduced there. in 1968. I wouldn't call that a change. Mm-hmm. It was like you know fairly early on in the run of the, of the characters. They made him into a mutant. I mean. There's a bunch of things that stuck around for a long, like Krakoa has stuck around for a really long time, mm-hmm. relatively speaking, or I don't have a, I don't I mean, have I a mean, second look, answer. It's not my favorite, but this, this Alfred thing seems pretty permanent, you know? Uh, the, 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 the Lantern Corps, the various colors, oh, the, the, you know, that yeah, call. The, the various colored lanterns. Around. Yeah. But they're always changing. You know, it's like every time I turn around, the the guardians are good, they're evil, they're back, they're gone. There's some mm-hmm. other group running the Green Lantern. Like it always seems to be like they're constantly fucking with the Green Lantern. I mean, at struggling. one point, Barry Allen was I reading about like Jay Garrick as a comic book character. <laughs> right, right. I'm just trying to think of things like like it's it's uh, like you know it's not permanent that Wally West is a murderer. Yeah, if they <laughs> let's forget about that. That's basically what they said. Even Tom was like, "Yeah, I shouldn't have done that." <laughs> That's a bad idea. <laughs> it's been pretty permanent that like Dick Grayson is Nightwing now. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Let's, oh, so there, there's a. I'm trying to think. You know, like like Kate Bishop kind of stuck around in a way that sure. wasn't I mean, terrible, sort of against yeah. all. It. No, I know, but like she became. I'm trying to think about people who took over. You know, sort of from the. I mean, Wally West is actually a really good example. You know, going from being wasn't a kid, but like became the main flash and we all were okay with it. Yeah. You know, like the identity of the flash proper in the DC universe shifted and like, I don't know, it was there for so long that people just sort of accepted or whatever in a way that probably isn't going to happen with uh, Sam Wilson or something like that. Well, I mean, it, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's similar to when Dick Grayson took over for Batman and everybody like that, because those characters have been around forever. Like it, mm-hmm. it, because it was Wally who had been, very sidekick since the sixties, you know, it hit people had affection for the character. If it was just some random person. Yeah. And, in and introducing new characters, like another significant one in recent years, at least that wasn't introduced in like a straightforward way of just, here's a new character would be something like figuring out a way to keep miles Morales in the six one six. I mean, there's one. Yeah. I think Thor being the all father is one that I don't like that has stuck around for a while. I feel like yeah. that comes and goes though. Right. Cause I, I don't He's think, been- for a while. I mean, like whenever Jason Aaron's run was. I and mean, they seem to be sticking with it. Like Josh yes. said, like in the most recent issue, they were like. Uh, so do you guys think no, do you guys think Superman should go back to not being able to fly? Well, I that was, they, they did do that in the in the, the new 52, the Graham Morrison run. Graham Morrison run, yeah. With the, the boots and jeans. Yeah, yeah um, jeans. I mean, Beast, Beast in the X-Men is a character who's kind of constantly being reinvented and has gone through pretty significant changes that have stuck. I think that that I think X Men is actually a really good example of characters that remain very fluid, and they become a lot of things. So like Cyclops, you know, it was the leader, and then he was kind of uh, broken, and then he was evil, and now he, you know, like he's not the leader anymore. He's sort of the special forces guy. Yeah, like X Men is really good at that. You know, X Men uh, is really good at that. I mean, you know, Bobby Drake uh, being outed. Um, mm-hmm. Colossus was dead for a while. He's back now. Kitty Pride was gone in a bullet for a while. She's back now. Professor X's role really has changed a lot. Um, another another one that you guys have talked about recently is Captain Marvel still dead. Yeah, Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. 
Oh, yeah. I didn't know who you were talking about. So there's at least two, the three man. of them running around. The Kree um, hero of old. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, yeah, it's tough because they just nothing is really permanent. It's whatever whatever serves the immediate need of the story gets thrown in the mix. Yeah, but it's interesting to think back, like you know, ten years ago, twenty years ago, thirty years ago, like then something changed that really was not the normal thing, and now later we just accept it as as being the thing. Well, like in the Ed Brubaker Captain America run, I think all of us, mm-hmm. you know, deep in the comics nerds, were the shocking thing about that run was bringing Bucky back, but the thing that caught everyone's attention was killing Cap, and I think we all knew that Cap dying wasn't permanent, and the yeah. question mark was is Bucky's return permanent? And it has been, and it's it's actually kind of worked. Like, he's integrated oh, into the Marvel Universe. Winter Soldier is a really, has been a great character. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, a great addition to the Marvel Universe uh, in a way plays that... Off of, plays off of other characters besides just Cap in really interesting ways. Yes, right. absolutely. You've, you've forced my hand now, because the other email is exactly related to what we're talking about. Oh. Can't be done. Uh, we all have time. We're out of time. It's yeah. it's just well we can read it and and just mention it because it is almost exactly what we're talking about. So Jeff Reed, our old writer, our old colleague, wrote in and said, uh, "I remain puzzled by Jason Todd being alive after his death. The character seemed to have a clear purpose to give Tim an example of how I not really to be was Robin about to say this, <laughs> and Bruce an example of how he is fallible. Now he just seems like another ex Robin, but one with a giant chip in his shoulder. I don't see a reason for him to still be a character. Jason's now been resurrected for longer, eighteen years, and he was dead seventeen years." So what am I missing? What post-resurrection stories haven't That's, I read that will make me think, oh, now I get why he's back? I've been that is classic Jeff Reed for to 18 do the math years. On comes that. with the stats, comes with the history. So comes with, uh, comes with what asking I was, for a reading assignment. What I was actually going to say, not even looking at that email, was that the Jason Todd resurrection was um, less successful. Around That's, the same time as Bucky. Uh, same, yes. day. That same day. Same day. That said, I don't hate the Jason Todd resurrection because he is one of the, as an ex-Robin, he stands out as a unique character. And I think there have been some okay story. I don't hate when he shows up. It's not my favorite thing, but um, there was that, uh, a really good story in the urban, was the the anthology Batman book? Yeah. Rosenberg wrote it? Yeah, Rosenberg wrote it. The urban, urban legends, Batman urban legends. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was a. That was a really good Jason Todd story. The problem with Jason Todd is that Winter Soldier arrives and he's fairly formed into the thing and he's always dealing with his past. Jason Todd keeps coming up against the idea of learning and sometimes he learns from his mistake. He's like, I'm not going to shoot anyone anymore, but he keeps going back. Like he can't, as soon as you evolve him, then he does become like the rest of the Robins. Right. I that's the like. only thing that's not, like he's the angry Robin. That's the only thing that sets him apart. Right. And the, what, only, the only way for him to grow is to be not quite as angry. And then, and then it's like Josh said, he just melds with all the other Robins and well, there's nothing that sets him apart. I think that's just a, I think that is a change that has basically won by attrition. Mm-hmm. Like we all just, it's, it's been so long that we all just kind of went, all right, fine. Like it's just been like, I don't think anyone, I, I think when he first came back, it was an interesting story. Um, you know the the red red hood. Who was the red hood? The reveal was shocking. Yeah. It was a good story, but it, but ultimately when he shows up, he's just kind of like, all right, fine. And occasionally, and the story's gonna be fun and good. And he he plays off well against the other characters, but at the old, end of the day, I think it's just they just beat us down. That they won the they won the war of attrition with us. Just be like, okay, it's 
He's been back. Yeah, for but it's also years. it's not like, and I know we're talking about kids again, but it's not like Wally West's kids. We're like, oh god, just right. retcon this, make it go away. I don't hate. He he's useful in certain applications. He's okay. I do think like like what Jeff said was he was better as this symbol that was always lurking. Mm-hmm. You know, they used to always have that that case with his suit in the back whenever. Tim was mm-hmm. having a tr- problem or something, or or, Dick, or Bruce was having an emotional crisis. Like it was always there to remind him of his failure, which is less Whereas of a th- thing Bucky when he's running really around. Just fine. Mm-hmm. Well, Bucky kind of did. I mean, in the eighties, Steve was always you know lamenting that he failed Bucky. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. He had Rick yeah, Jones. Yeah, but Steve <laughs> lost that. It's like like at a certain point, like the world sucked, and they were like, you know what, Steve Rogers is just going to be the good guy. Yeah. And then Nick Spencer came along and we were like, let's forget that. Well, he was always the good guy. Just like whenever they, they needed to remind him that, you know, he would have flashbacks. Right, but but he became it wasn't to the extent of well, Bucky's suit constantly haunting him, but it was, you know. He's well adjusted now, though. Yeah, for sure. Like he's, he's, I was about to say he doesn't have a book, but he does, but it wasn't. Yeah. Does and he? almost like the Hydra thing sort of unwell adjusted him. him. Yeah. But, but I didn't also just didn't buy it. So. Anyway, let's wrap this show up. Yeah, I'm just saying it's a good question to think about, like what changes have stuck and why it's interesting. Because ultimately, anything can be unstuck, but also not always is the case because some things just you get settled with forever. Contact at ifanboy.com is how Matt and Jeff wrote in. If you want to give them a media <laughs> like the, show, sometimes you get settled with something forever. By the way, our website. <laughs> <laughs> Content.fanboy.com. That you can write in and get on the show. You can also get on our Media Explode show. Just put Media Explode in the subject line if you want to be on that one. Let's get I out think of here this quick. This ten plus year old design's really holding up. <laughs> it's, it's creaky, <laughs> folks. It's creaky. We just had to pay a lot of money to fix a problem with it. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three review happened three weeks ago. Two weeks ago was our book explode on um, the Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay a novel. This week, this coming week. Is going to be our media split. It was supposed to be coming out last week. For dumb technical reasons, we had to push it to this week. So you'll see our media split for May actually come out on June 1st. But that's just the way it is. And you'll also hear us talking about things that happened as if they were happening concurrently when it was two weeks ago because we recorded it two weeks ago. But we're going to be talking about Return of the Jedi. It was the 40th anniversary. And so we spent about 40 plus minutes talking about Return of the Jedi. And it was awesome, the conversation. <laughs> And then in two weeks, or I guess next week, whatever, whenever that is, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse comes out and there will be a review of that um, in two weeks. Or, yeah, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. This is wrong. I'm tired. I'm hungover. Two weeks is correct. One week is not correct. Ryan, how's your show going? Is it better than this? Because I'm, I need to go take a nap. No, it's, com- it's comparable. It's comparable. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just, well, why don't you plug the name out. of the show and where people can find it and what you're called science sort of, and then you can find it at science or wherever you get science your podcast science sort of dot com. We, um, we tried a new format recently. We recorded like 20 minute, we called them short of episodes and we came up with 20 different topics and I rolled a D 20 D and D style to see which topic we would talk about with no prep. Um, so, you know, if you want to hear about like, like, 
our thoughts you on hear about him making up a format so he doesn't have to do work ahead of time because <laughs> he doesn't have time. Good news, everyone. <laughs> Believe it or not, this new format was not my idea, but I was I was accommodating a co-host, and I think it kind of worked. So look right. for those dropped into the regular feed uh, wherever you get. That your sounds comments. like actually like that's a fun idea. I like that. Yeah, we could do that in a hangout. We could we because, could call it twenty because then you're like. Those. Because then you're like uh, your listeners who are probably nerdy scientists themselves. Like, oh, you were wrong. And then they get to write in and feel like they're part of it. There you so go. That's good. Uh, you can find our library of over 1,300 shows and counting over at ifanboy.com, wherever podcasts are available for you. There's many ways to listen to podcasts, many services, many apps, all those. I'm not going to tell you what they are. Do you, you, know, you, can, you can handle that part. We do the content. The rest of it, that's up to you. These are the you can jokes. follow us at, at iFanboyComics on Instagram. You can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out there. Sometimes you'll see the best of the week in panels. You can follow us individually. I am J.A. Flanagan. Connor is C.S. Kilpatrick. And Ryan is Ryan Haupt on Instagram. And Ryan, the lone holdout, is still Not on really. Twitter at Haupt. Of people who I know specifically and talk to about it. It's you and Ron. Of people that's on the it. show. Cannot as far remember as the last I know. time I posted to Twitter. My plan is the next time I'm in San Francisco is to grab the building and auction it off with Lindsay's help. Okay. I see. Subscribe to youtube.com slash You, you fanboy really want to take over Twitter. That's what I learned. <laughs> that like seems you. like, yeah. And then shut it down. <laughs> Subscribe to youtube.com slash fanboy where you'll find all of our old video shows and we post this show there every week. And please consider leaving a review or star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are sold for not just this show, but any show you listen to, science sort of, and any show. It really helps them, uh, you know, helps the algorithm feed the beast and, you know, help people find the show. And that's really helpful for everyone. Thank you for listening. I'm going to now lay, go lay down. And until then, I'm Connor. I'm going to hope that Connor sends me the files to edit before laying down. But <laughs> until then, I will be Ryan. I got six minutes left in the fourth quarter. It's looking pretty good, but looking I'm going to go down and watch the rest of it. You're, you're, I think I think you got this one. Don't never. I don't. I have seen this team blow it, and you'll know. By the time you listen to this, I mean, we're two games out, so don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Bye. See you next week. Bye. Bye.